0: Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Guys, we got a super topical one today. What happens when the staff gets tired of clients being nasty to them because of a pandemic and because people are stressed? Like, I get it that people are stressed, but at some point just having people always kind of be on edge and be nasty, it takes a toll on the team. And so we see some of our team members trying to take back some control by getting down on the clients. And then we can have a client versus a staff culture. And guys, you may have seen some inklings of this in your practice. That's why this episode is so important. We're getting into when the staff starts to turn on the clients. And that's our episode today. Gang, I hope you enjoy it. If you're loving what we do here at Uncharted, I'd love for you to see more of what we do here at Uncharted. If you're a practice manager, and only if you're a practice manager. We have the Uncharted Practice Manager Summit. It is a virtual event only for practice managers. It is February 11th through the 13th. We are talking about practice manager stuff and what it means to be a practice manager and dealing with the headaches that only practice managers know. And we'll have sessions that are created by our attendees who, in case I didn't mention, are only practice managers. And it is gonna be a heck of a practice manager event. February 11th through the 13th, head over to unchartedvet.com. I'm going to put a direct link down below so you can find it. It is $2.99 for uncharted members, $3.99 for non members. I would love to see you there. This uh, event is actually super popular and it is filling up seats really fast. So make sure you get yours. Also, if you're not a practice manager or if you are a practice manager who can't get enough, on February seventeenth, Dr. Mark Nunez is teaching his Lean principles in practice workshop. He has done this multiple times for Uncharted. He gets uh, he gets invited back because people love it. And they talk about it all the time and they talk about their lean board and their practice and how they use it and how it simplifies things and how it gets people on board and bought into what they're doing. And it is a really good workshop and it is a great tool for you to have in your toolbox. It is free for our members. It is $99 for non-members. We would love to see you there. I'll put a link for that down below just because I love you and I want you to be happy and I want you to be successful. And so with that, let's get into this episode.
1: And now, the Uncharted. Podcast,
0: And we are back. It's me and Stephanie, shining, happy people,
1: laughing, <laughs> holding hands, guys. I like that one. I was waiting for, like, some sort of song lyric made into a Grumpy Cat reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or something relating to Grumpy.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of songs that have Grumpy prominently featured that i can think of look at that grumpy woman she's just so, oh yeah girl you look real grumpy
1: that's a new a new challenge for you how's it going oh <laughs> exactly, yeah. uh, it's good
0: it's yeah. good. good um Making our way in the world today, yeah, takes everything you got. Are you guys, as they say. are you
1: guys recovered uh, from the holiday break and the girls being out of school and you know off from? Oh
0: boy, I gotta tell you, I I struggled uh, <laughs> there for like. It was real nice when they were on holiday break and like they weren't in the kitchen when I got up. Yeah, and mornings were quiet and like I love them the pieces, but now they're there, and then I have to feed them before school, right? And, like all the things that I got used to not doing real fast are back to me doing so, uh, yeah, it. So it, yeah, but it's good. They are, they are back. They are back at school. Yeah. How about at your side? Good stuff. Holiday hangover.
1: Uh, Yeah. About, about the same. It was really funny because I went into the clinic. Uh, so we were closed half day on Christmas day and then the whole day for Christmas and then through the long weekend. And, I went back on Monday and was talking to my team and, and somebody asked, you know, how was, how was your weekend? How was your holidays? And I was like, well, I stayed in pajamas for four (laughs) four days. I was like, thank God for the uncharted community Christmas party on Saturday, because it forced me to actually take a shower and I immediately put pajamas back on, but they were at least clean pajamas.
0: Oh yeah. Well, (laughs) these are are my work pajamas.
1: These are my work pajamas. (laughs) but yeah no i I feel you on that. It's very easy to uh to get in the habit of it of not having a schedule and not having a routine and um you know and to live in pajamas all day
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh buddy, well, you got big things going on i do starting the new full time job <laughs> by the time this comes out, you'll be full time in it at Uncharted. i
1: will i will i will uh I will it's a it's a big, it's a big change. I'm very excited. There's so much that I love about managing in the practice and about leading my team. and I'm super excited to be able to continue to share with the members of our community, like the pieces that I love. and I'm excited for a new challenge. It's you know, it's sad. i I love my team and I've worked really hard to get to the point where I'm at with them and uh, with the hospital, and there's so much good happening there. and it's really hard to let go and (laughs) and let someone take over but um, I'm also excited for them I'm excited for them to have um, you know someone new come on board and and have that be their sole focus and and make it their baby and you know it's just it's transition is hard for everybody change is hard
0: and you get to work with 250 practices in uncharted
1: I know (laughs) I am very I'm very excited about it I have a whole list of exciting things to do and i think the biggest challenge for you and i is going to be restraining ourselves from going in a hundred different directions yeah (laughs) and getting too excited about all the ideas that we have written down because there's a lot of them (laughs) oh totally oh yeah So so people
0: um when people hear this you and I will have just done our weekend strategic planning session mm-hmm. with uh, the uncharted practices and people yep. we have Jen Galvin's six module inventory class that people could still get into. yep we have the practice manager summit which is only open to practice managers is coming up in February. Yes. we have Dr. Mark Nunez teaching uh, lean principles yep. in February which he's done at a couple of our conferences yep. uh, he did it once and then people loved it and they talked about it. So we asked him to do it again, yeah. and they still love it, and they talk about it. So we're making it open to the public now. So that's in February. Um, and again, that's free to Uncharted members. Uh, it is open to the public. You can register for it. We'll put links down in the show notes uh, for people finding the stuff we have coming up. Uh, our April virtual conference is going to be on us before we know it. God, it, we got a ton of stuff coming up.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am super excited. And we have to rewind for just a hot second because I've been waiting To be able to talk and share just a little bit of the little teeny, teeny bit of the level of excitement that I have inside me for the fact that we are doing the Practice Manager Summit. Because (laughs) um, I am so excited to be able to put together something that is what I wanted as a manager. Like for Mm -hmm. my entire manager career, one of the most favorite events for me every year has been participating in the VHMA annual meeting and conference. And I love the people and I love the energy, but the the most valuable part and piece for me has always been sitting at roundtables with my peers and being able to talk with just other managers about the crap that's going on in our clinics and being honest and real and candid about the struggles and the successes too in a way that a practice owner or you know a technician or a receptionist team member can't understand it's that shared yeah. burden of we are all in the same space and even even if our jobs are different within our own hospitals you you get it and there's that connection and i am so excited to bring that experience to uncharted and have the space where our managers can sit down and be real in true uncharted fashion and have fun and network and do all of the things that we normally do as part of our uncharted conference, but to dig into the choose your own adventure sessions. Like, I don't know if there's anything that I'm more excited about that we have coming in uncharted in the next few months than, than that. So I'm, I'm hoping that my manager friends jump on board and that we've got a lot of, um, the usual cast of suspects there, but also that we've got a bunch of new faces. I was looking at the registration list and I was like, oh, I'm so excited because there's so many new people and so many yeah. people that I get to make my new friend.
0: <laughs> it's going to be awesome.
1: It is. Let's get into this. Okay. Uh,
0: speaking of awesome, let's get into what uh, what people are going to want to hear about because this is a very, very common problem. Do
1: you wanna you wanna lay it down for us? I do. So, it's it's funny because I um, this came out of a conversation with a fellow manager, but I've been experiencing this in my own practice. And we were talking about the fact that in our clinics there is there are grumpy people everywhere. Yes. Our clients are grumpy. They're angry. They're irrational. And in the beginning of all of this, back in March, there was a lot of fear and anxiety, but it kind of tempered out and then everybody got to go back outside again and everybody seemed like they were in happier spirits and now that we're heading into winter or we're in parts of the country where winter is definitely here and everybody's trapped inside and the kids are still homeschooling and what we thought was going to be a 6 week thing back in March is still here and everybody is on edge and you add all of the world events to that. And everybody's grumpy, man. And the, and it feels like the team is starting to be affected by that in a way that for, for me and my own team, a lot of them can't shake it off every day. Like it was easy to pep talk them in the beginning. And, and now we're kind of in the state of they're frustrated. They're frustrated with the grumpy clients. And so we were having a conversation about feeling like the team is forgetting all of the good clients. And that almost, There's an attitude of anti-client and nobody wants to get on the phone. Nobody wants to to deal with the clients. And it used to just be, oh, it's that crazy client. And you had a handful of them that nobody wanted to get on the phone with or nobody wanted to go be the room assistant for. But now it feels like I hear team members saying that client was such a jerk about clients who are good clients. Like they're the kind Mm -hmm. of clients that normally – Come in and bring us cookies, you know? And so we were talking about how do we how do we shake that? How do we work through that with our teams? How do we get them to shake off this attitude of everyone's an asshole and it's very, you know, anti-client because at the end of the day, the clients are the reason for our work, not an interruption to it. And everybody is struggling with this attitude of, I don't want to deal with clients right now. Yeah. And I thought it yeah. was the perfect thing for us to talk through because it's hard. It's really, it's really hard, especially yeah. when they're not in the building. So that's, that's kind of it. It's like the clients uh, are grumpy. Yes. The team is struggling. Everybody's feeling anti, anti-client. How do we deal with that with the team? How do we reset them? How do we work through it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Th- this is a lot. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. Let's, let's go ahead and I'm gonna put down some basic, um, guidelines on the table. Okay. Uh, and then we'll get into headspace. So basic guidelines, uh, people are under a lot of stress and i do believe that the idea that clients are not as nice as they usually are i think that's real yep um i so i do not want to blow that off i do think that clients are more challenging right now than they have been in the past i think it's because they're stressed and i think that everybody's fighting a battle that we don't know anything about so a lot of people who have sick family members there's people who uh there's you know the election is not too far in mm-hmm. the rear view uh there's a lot of stress around politics and um as well as the pandemic and those things are tied together and and uh so th- there's all of these things that genuinely are affecting people mm-hmm. i think there's some seasonal affective disorder stuff going on mm-hmm. uh, at least here in the south winter is really just settling in on us and i think that that is affecting people we're supposed to get our first kind of icy sleety nastiness uh probably this weekend mm-hmm. and so I think all that stuff is real, okay? So let's just put that down as an assumption. So let's just assume that clients are not as nice as they have been. Let's also assume that uh, clinics are seeing a lot of curbside. We are increasing our curbside, and uh, we have actually – so we have a couple of different locations for um, Cleveland Park Animal Hospital, and uh, we've gone curbside at two of them, and we are moving towards curbside at a third one. And so that is sort of where we are. I know other people are at other places. So the, the percentage of the time that the client is – being mean and is not in the exam room uh is is higher than usual so mm-hmm. that that displacement is also a real thing mm-hmm. that we're seeing so those are sort of the the main assumptions that i want to that i want to lay down uh headspace let's talk about headspace let's talk about why this happens first of all i think that there's a feeling of of control associated with um With bashing some clients, you know what I mean? Or being uh, mean. It's kind of like they can be mean to us, but we're going to be mean about them Mm -hmm. because you don't get to just treat me like crap and then have me go on. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And that's just Mm -hmm. the end of it. It doesn't end there. And I think that we've all felt that way before. And it does feel like taking back some sort of power and not being a punching bag to say, well, I'm going to talk to my friends about what a jerk you are. Sure. And that will, you know, and that will sort of bring... Some sense of fairness to the situation, so I, I, I get that. I think the other thing to put down as uh you know as truth and headspace is your team is all carrying stress. Mm-hmm. You know we're all not at our best. Yes, we're all stressed and tired. Yes. and so none of our people are firing on all cylinders. There's one thing if, if the client is having a terrible day, and we've all seen this. You see this exam room, right? Uh, the client if if the client's having a bad day, that's fine. And if I'm having a bad day and the client's having a good day. That's fine too. <laughs> it's when the client's having a bad day, and I'm having a bad day, and my technician's having a bad day. That's when the powder keg is primed mm-hmm. to go off. and And I think that we're sort of living our
1: lives in that space if we don't watch out for it. Yes, you know? I, I agree a hundred percent. I feel like that's where everybody has been living in that place for a, for a while. And it's not, you know, you can shake it off when it's one client here or one bad day there. But when it's, when it's every, every day, I think that's the struggle becomes, um, you know, the, (laughs) the pop-off valve, the pressure valve has always been, you have a, you have a naughty client come in or you have somebody say something rude to you on the phone and you have the ability to have a, you know, oh my gosh, they were so rude. And then reset and, and have a moment, whether it's with your teammates or by yourself, like, I just need to breathe for a second and I'll be fine. And I feel like for the team, they're living in this environment th- that none of us have ever lived in before, where it's um, fire after fire after fire after fire. And so the pop-off valve reaction becomes, I'm going to vent. I'm going to, you know, I'm yep. just going to let off the steam just a little, because if I don't let off the steam, I'm going to lose it and I'm going to blow and so I think for me, that's what this is, is it's reaching for that because it feels like the easy mechanism. And I think that comes mm-hmm. as a result of being in that, that space where it's a sustained feeling. It's a sustained reality for all of us. Like it's one yeah. after the other.
0: Here, here's where it goes bad. All right. So let's, let's get into the meat of this episode. Here, and here it is. Um, you're exactly right. I think that, as you said, I think clients are real. Uh, as, as far as they're they're being more challenging than mm-hmm. usual, I think that having them out of the building lets people feel a little bit more free. They're like, "Hey, the clients aren't in here. Right. We're going to say these things." I do think that venting makes people feel better. Right. Like we know it, it, it 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 does feel good to vent. Right. Everybody wants to feel heard. Right. Everybody wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. And, our, and our our staff is that way, and we're that way. Okay. Yeah. So that is true. Here's my thing where I get into it with people about venting. Um, the people online and social media and they vent about problems in vet medicine. Here here's my push back about why we need to be smart about how we vent. And here's the problems with venting like what we're talking about. Okay, Mm -hmm. two things. Number one, shifting baseline. If the norm become if we don't talk about clients in a negative sense ever, and then we start to talk about them only when we're having a bad day, but only when we're having a really bad day. Well, now the norm is not that we don't talk about them never; It's that we don't only talk about them. when We're having a bad day. And once that's the norm, then it's not too far to, we only talk to them uh, negatively about them when we're having a bad day or when they are particularly nasty. Mm-hmm. And you can see where this is going, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it never goes from, we don't talk negatively about clients to now we all bash clients. It's a creep. Yep. It's, a, it's a set of normalizing steps where we talk a little bit and that becomes normal. And we talk a little bit more and that becomes the normal. And on bad days, we slip farther towards client bashing until it becomes the norm, right? right. So, so I push back against venting in, in that there is the danger of Shifting baseline and sliding your culture towards the negative. That's number one. Number two is we know, we know that emotions spread between individuals. Right, They are contagious. And that's not a joke. That's not some woo-woo stuff like that has been shown. If you send a happy person into a conversation, they will lift up other happy people. And if you send a negative person to a conversation, they will bring that down. You guys right. have seen one angry people walk into a conversation and they're triggered, and suddenly you have three more angry people right. and one person who's just uh, having anxiety because right. they're seeing this anger and they have passed on that, you know, that that negativity. And so we know that emotions spread uh, like contagious, uh, like like some contagious vector. So when you have people who start to bash clients and they start to get mad and they start to go, that spreads throughout the clinic. And so a few bad actors or a few people who are taking up that behavior can spread it. And so then if it gets a foothold, it's Mm self-perpetuating. If you go and work in a practice and people complain and they complain about anything all day, you're not going to have a good time. Ultimately, and you guys have been around people who are complainers. Those people suck. Yeah. They just, they whine or they complain. And, and and here's the thing. It doesn't really matter if those complaints are valid or not, as far as how they affect you. Yeah. There are people who complain about everything and there's people who complain about valid things. And even if it's a valid thing, after a while, it still drags you down. That's caregiver fatigue that we right. see with people who have chronic illnesses. And, you know, and it's, 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 I don't know about the morality of this. It's very hard, but if you're someone who takes care of someone who has a chronic illness, if that person talks about about pain and 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 struggles and frustration, that is valid. It's so valid. Mm-hmm. After a while, caregiver fatigue is. It is the difficulty of, of just hearing that all the mm-hmm. time and living with that. And it takes a toll on the person giving the care right. as well as the person who's going through this experience. Right. And, and I think it's some sort of twisted version of that, of, of, you know, you get people who are complaining and they are sharing their pain which may come from uh, clients giving them a hard time, which is valid. But that fatigue gets passed on to other people, which then brings them down. And then we have this perpetuation of negative emotions inside the clinic. And the whole thing becomes a self-perpetuating spiral.
1: Yeah. And once yeah.
0: the clinic as a whole, the group starts to go that way, It is so hard to be the shining light and you're like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to be positive today. And if everyone around you is negative, you're just, you're probably not going to be able to lift them out of that. They're together going to wear you down before you lift them up. And that is the spiral of this negativity. It's why I feel so strongly about it. And so when it comes to these things about turning anti-client, this is a hill I am willing to die on. It really is, because I've seen the fallout of this behavior. And so this is a very personal thing for me As I go, I am not going there. Right. You know, because losing this fight as a leader, it means that I have to go to a clinic where people are angry all the time. And I know that that takes a toll on me and it makes me tired and it makes me not want to be there. And I spend a lot of time there. Right. And so that is why I am so like... I'm just I'm on this and I have strong feelings about it. And and we're going to start unpacking what what do you do about it? But getting into that headspace of of understanding that one, uh, the clients are not bad; they're just going through a pandemic, and and everyone's fighting about and knowing about. And the staff is not bad; they're human beings, and they're getting crapped on. You know what I mean? And and they want to feel heard, and they want to feel seen, and 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 they want to feel like this is not just one sided, and they have to take this crap all mm-hmm. the time and can't say mm-hmm. anything about it. And I get that, but it also is if that becomes the norm, if that gets a foothold, it does spread. And then you work in a place where people complain all the time and they bring negativity to work. And it's just every day you the positivity is going to get sucked out of you mm-hmm. and you're going to end your day feeling like crap. Like you worked for a bunch of jerks because, you know, all you've heard is how negative uh, the clients are.
1: So if we're in the headspace of this is this is definitely a hell worth dying on and we are going to address it. Where do we even start with what, what, what can we do? Where do, where do we start trying to fix the problem?
0: Okay. Well, there's, there's, there's a couple of different, there's, there's two approaches that you can take, right? And I use both of these tools and they'll work on different people. Okay. So from Headspace, there's two general paths that we can walk down for ourselves. And then also later on, we talk to the team. Okay. okay. So one is is the um is the emotional path and the other is the pragmatic path okay so the emotional path looks like this i just told you how the the headspace spiral works right i Mm -hmm. just told you about how we get dragged down into this negativity right the emotional path out of this is to grab hard onto compassion and lean on compassion if we say, you know, the the keys to being successful in medicine are to to be compassionate mm-hmm. uh, and to keep things simple. Like, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that as life advice of, hey, keep things simple and be compassionate. Mm-hmm. That's what I think we need to preach to our staff is to say, remember, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Right. And just stick back to and always be a reminder of that. Hey, these clients, they're Maybe they're not nice. And I think we've all seen really good clients having really bad days. Mm -hmm. Compassion first. And if we present this as a compassion exercise and say, hey, guys, these people are struggling. We have to show them compassion. Then it doesn't feel like I'm getting crapped on and there's nothing to that. It feels more of I am in control because I am choosing to show this person compassion Mm -hmm. as opposed to retribution. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that I, f- I find that that gets power back to me and it gets power back to my staff when I explain it that way and say, guys, when the clients are, are, are gruff, when they're angry, when they're upset, when they're difficult, we have a choice to make, right? How we're going to respond. And that is the control that we have. Are we going to respond with compassion or are we going to respond with our own anger and our own frustration? And when you put it down that way, it really is empowering because people have a choice to make. Sure. And so put that down as the emotional path of this is the path of compassion, The other side of that is the pragmatic uh, approach, which is how do you want to live your life and how do you want your days to be? Right? So you throw all that compassion stuff out the window if you want, but how do you want to live your life and what do you want your experience of practice to be? Do you want to work in an angry place and do you want to be angry all the time? Right. Or do you not? Because you have to make that choice. And I'm not saying it's easy. But you do make that choice. Right. The, uh, the, the story that I like is, is this um, old tale uh, about these two monks who are traveling together, right? And the monks have taken this oath of celibacy, and they're not supposed to, to touch uh, a woman. And so they come, to this, they come to this stream, and there is this woman who's standing there beside the stream, and the, and the stream is rushing. And one of the monks is, is, is a sort of a big, strong guy. And he turns to the woman, and he says, would you like me to carry you across? And she says, yes, please. And so the big, strong monk picks the woman up, sets her on his shoulder, and he wades across the river to the other side. And he puts her down, and he continues on. And the other monk comes after him, and they walk in silence for, like, hours. And finally, the smaller of the two monks just can't handle it anymore. And he snaps, and he goes, what was that? What was that? You took a vow. You We aren't supposed to touch a woman, and you did it. You picked her up, and you touched her. Right. Like, What the hell? And the bigger monk looks down and says, I picked her up and then I put her down. Why are you still carrying her? And I like that, that story. I like that idea. The point being, I did this thing. It was not, you know, you you can write or wrong. I did it. And then I put it down. Mm -hmm. Why are you still carrying this? And I think that there's truth to that when we deal with clients that are angry or they're nasty. Mm -hmm. And the truth is we have to go across the river we have right. to deal with this nasty person. Right. Do you carry it beyond the far stream bed? Right. Or do you put it down? And that is the choice that you make. And so the pragmatic part of this is you're going to deal with angry people. Right. Do you want to spend the rest of your day also being angry? Do you want to spend the rest of, of uh, the day in, in this sort of this dark place? or? Do you want to put this down and say, you know what? I'm going to decide that I'm showing this person compassion. Right. I am going to remember that hurt people hurt people. I am going to choose to be happy and I'm going to go forward because it's your life and you only get to go through one time. What do you want to do? And that is the pragmatic path. And so in the headspace, those are the big things that I, that I put forward.
1: Okay. I love it. It resonates a lot. The tale of the two monks, like it, it makes sense and I think it probably would make sense to a lot of our team members because I think for most of us it's an unconscious choice Mm -hmm. you know it's it and we I think that having something having a question that we ask ourselves or something to snap ourselves out of it is is important and and helpful because I think for a lot of us otherwise the unconscious choice is that was horrible that was awful And they lean into the impact of that versus saying, "Okay, that was horrible. That was awful. Take a deep breath. Now I'm going to move on, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's it. But that that is um, it's not as easy as it sounds when I say it. Right. Because this is a real exercise in self-awareness. Yeah. This is you being enlightened enough to look at yourself and saying, how am I how am I feeling? What choice am I making here? What is my role? What is my uh, what is what is my responsibility mm-hmm. in this engagement? And so it is. Um, it's it's harder than it initially sounds. But if you are someone who's really interested in self development, if you are interested in really growing as a person, then that level of self awareness and those conscious decisions, th- those are the path. Uh, I I think to, to to being more happy and being more effective. Yeah, I agree. So Thoughts. so I don't. Know, that's 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 the big thing for me. The last thing I'll say on on Headspace. When we start talking about sort of general negativity on the team and bashing clients, there is a framework that I think a lot about when I think about teams. Okay, and it comes from um it comes from this book called tribal leadership. Okay. And, and it's a couple different people sort of wrote it, David Logan, John King, and, and Haley Fisher, Wright, uh, And they talk about the five stav- stages of sort of tribal development. Okay. So they talk about making a unit, making a team. And so they, they, they talk about the, the five different stages. And, I, and this really resonated with me when I read it a while back, because it, it seems to be true, right? So stage one, the most undeveloped stages of a team is a group characterized by the mindset of like this sucks. You know what I mean? Like it's like life sucks, this sucks, this place sucks. And and we're kind of together because everything is sucky. And you've seen those teams, right? And this is like the lowest level of team. This is a group of people who is just kind of there. And they're, it's almost like we're here together because we're all just getting our butts kicked and we might as well do it together. Okay. And like that is the 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 crappiest team. That's the crappiest thing to be a part of. That's it. Stage two is more of like apathetic people who see themselves as victims. Like, oh, we're getting taken advan you know, we're getting taken advantage of. We get crapped on. Think of like um think of like the office, right? Like that is a stage two team. Is like, this sucks. You know, we're here, we're getting pushed around by management. Like, oh, this is you know, this we're punching the clock to make a living. We don't have a better place to go, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely not the life sucks crowd. But it's only one click higher. The third phase is the individual focus phase where you have high achievers that focus on themselves. Right. I'm getting what I want. I'm a rock star. You know what I mean? Uh, It's about me. And you definitely see those sort of um, like those are your case thief practices. You know what I mean? Those are the ones where it's like I'm making a great living. I don't know about you guys. Right. I'm I'm getting what I want. And the rest of you guys can sink or swim. right. Stage four is the we're great, they're not stage, which is like, our practice is awesome. We're so much better than the practice down the road. We've got to be better than, you know, the other emergency clinic in town. And and they kind of take this team like, we're good, and, and they're not. And so they're on the outside. And again, that's that's the fourth or the fifth stage. I see a lot of teams that, that function pretty highly. The, the The highest level, the one that is really truly the enlightened team, which is rare, but it's really great, is... Everything's good. Like, life is good. We're good. We're happy doing what we're doing. We're not really aware of the practice down the road because, you know, we're not competing with them. We're just doing our thing and we're happy about it and we feel good about what we're doing. And we work as a unit. We we serve a a, a calling greater than ourselves. That's it. Okay, so I laid all those things down. You can see teams devolving as they slide into this negativity. So it can easily go from hey, we're great and the team down the road uh, is our competitor and we're going to beat those guys. You can see it starting to break down to this is crappy and we're getting crapped on. And mm-hmm. our job is to take punishment from these clients and screw them and this is not fair. And that is the that is the deterioration of culture as we slide that way. Right. And so that's, that's sort of the, as I look at the team, when I say this is a big deal to me, I think it's important to understand that at least I believe this is a hill worth dying on because that behavior, um, talking negatively about clients and feeling negatively about clients, it's very, very easy uh, to mutate that into this job sucks. This, what are we doing here? This is all crappy. And when when you get to that, you have all the negative stuff that comes with it of just feeling crappy about your job. What are we doing here? It opens sure. up the door to burnout. You know, all of those things become much more accessible because we've gotten into this place of sort of a victimhood type status or a um, just swimming around in negativity status.
1: So if you're, if, if you're, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, I can see some of that in my team. Maybe we're not in the super toxic, this is an awful place to work crowd. And maybe we're not even in the office crowd, or maybe we are, but maybe we've kind of slid a little bit backwards from the, we're, we're pretty great into the, "Mm, you know, we're, we're doing good, but now we're going to be hyper-focused on what everybody else is doing. Like what, what, how do you, how do we solve it when, when you see the team starting to make that slide downwards? How do you reel it back in? the.
0: The best thing is to stop it early, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't let this behavior get a foothold. Right. And so as soon as you start to see it, you should say something about it. And this is a great place just starting off. This is where the mention comes in into play mm-hmm. is when someone says this lady's an idiot. Right. Just look at them and say, she's not an idiot. She's struggling. Right. That, and, and and that's it. Right. Don't say more than that. Don't give them a lecture. Don't judge them. She's not an idiot. She's having a bad day. Uh, right. I get it. We, we've all been there. And go on. And if you're the doctor and your text says that to you, and you go, she's not an idiot. She's just having a bad day. We, we've all been there. And and then drop it. Go on into the case as if right. that was, it would right. never say And people don't realize how powerful that mention is of just saying, she's not an idiot. You know, I get it. I see where she's coming from. And then just going on. People don't realize. But the message that you're sending is, one... Don't say that, <laughs> you, you know. Right. And, and and two, you're just saying that that's not acceptable, right? Like that that's not the way we talk about our clients. And it's it's not a lecture. It's not a, a attack. It's not come into my office and close the door. Right. The truth is they'll they'll forget about it. Very like you know it's not they'll let it go. But right. But message was received, and I really do like when I when I coach doctors, uh, especially doctors that are associate vets such a big deal for me is things like that is just say just say the thing Mm -hmm. and don't make it a big deal and Mm -hmm. say it and you can laugh you can say (laughs) yeah if she's an idiot i'm an idiot because i know exactly how she feels right and then go on like you can say that the message was sent and received and and now you can go on especially if this is a rare behavior and you catch it and just say something this is not that hard to turn Especially if you're if you're in a position of power, if you're an organizational leader, and you can just just catch it. So the mention is a big one. It's just say, nah, that's not how I feel, um, right? And, and then go on. I think that that's it, that's important. It's not a lecture. It's not anything you know uh, hypercritical. But don't let it go, right? And so step one for me is don't ignore it. And and ignoring it, is, silence is perceived as as agreement. Mm-hmm. You know, us, if yeah. I say this lady is an idiot, and you just go, all right. What do we need to do what uh what vaccines are we doing i'm going to take that as you agreeing with me right. and mm-hmm. wanting to go forward and so if you don't agree just like no, that's not true and so catch it right don't ignore it mm-hmm. the other the flip side to that which i've seen people get into trouble with is don't invalidate it right right and this is what people talk about toxic positivity and toxic positivity is real and i'm a super positive person and i i lead with positivity Toxic positivity, as people lay it out, is when you use positivity to invalidate the experience of others. Mm -hmm. And so when your staff comes and they go, this guy's an a-hole. And you go, he's not an a-hole. We don't see a-holes at this practice. Right. What you kind of said to them was, no, the problem's with you. Right. He's not, nope, you're mistaken. This is a, a failing on your part. Right. And so the balance in this... Is not to ignore it, but also not to invalidate the experience of of the person who is complaining, because they need the reason that they are saying this is because they're trying to vent, right? Right. They're yeah. trying to feel heard. They're looking for validation, because when somebody uh, you know slams us, I think most of us at some level we say to ourselves, "Am I? Did I deserve that?" Right. Did, I mean, really, I think that that's true. I think most of us have that thought of. She yelled at me at some level we go, did I, did I deserve to be yelled at? Am I, did I make, am, am right. I a bad person? Did I, did I do this thing wrong? Right. And if the answer is, of course not, of course not. But I still think at some point we want that validation of someone to say, Hey, you did not deserve that, you right. know? And so that is the key to the mention is when she said, this guy is such an a-hole. When I say, I'm sorry, you have to deal with, I, I'm sorry, you have to deal with him. I'm sure he's having a bad day. Let me take this for you. I want that person to 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 feel seen and feel heard. But at the same time, I do not want to support this conversation or this or this pathway. Right. So that's where the mention comes from. The other the other part of that, and you can see exactly how it leads into this, is meeting this negativity when it comes from your staff, meeting it with the compassion that we're asking them to meet the the clients with. And so when my tech comes and goes, God, this guy's such an a-hole. I can meet that with compassion and say, hey. I understand uh, this, this, you, he should not speak to you that way. I'm, I'm really sorry you, you had to deal with that, right? If I have a, um, a technician that comes to me and she says three times during the day, she said, this person is just being unreasonable and blah, blah, blah. The mention I'm going to make is a little bit different because there's a pattern here. Right. Right. And I'm starting to see this person's like, hey, you're, you're getting a little bit into client bashing. But instead of me calling them off to the side and saying, look, I need you to not, bash the clients what i'm going to do is call them off the side and say hey it looks like you're wrestling a lot with with clients today are you okay you know or if Mm -hmm. someone is being really aggressive this person is a jerk and this person is blah 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 hey you seem to be struggling a bit today yeah are are you okay like you seem to be triggered by more than one person Mm -hmm. are you all right and I mean it when I say that. Are you all right? But I am also drawing attention to the fact for that person, hey, you're you're saying bad stuff about everybody.
1: Right. Yeah. You're calling out the fact that their behavior is is abnormal and that they sh- like in a very very compassionate way, which is which is important because you're you're totally right. You do care about them. You are mm-hmm. concerned. I don't do they need to take a break? Do they, you know, like or is there something going on outside of work? Like it opens up the, the opportunity for a conversation to be a support for that person. And at the same time, it says, hey, I, I see what you're doing and I'm not okay with it enough to say something to you. Right. And I think it's very subconscious on the part of the person who's receiving that. But I do think most people are capable of going, oh. They noticed, you know, <laughs> like they noticed that I'm real mad and that I've been, mm-hmm. you know, I've been kind of grumpy today. Maybe I, maybe I should think about how I've been acting.
0: Yeah. And again, that falls into the mention, but it, it's just mm-hmm. another way of doing it is, hey, it seems like people are getting your goat today. Yeah. Are you, you okay? Yeah. And that is some of the subtlest, softest feedback that you can, that you can give someone, you know? Uh, yeah. But in another way, I am also calling out a big part of this stuff is is we said self-awareness is the key. When someone yeah. says something like that to you, it is much easier to be self-aware. Like, yeah, am I totally, struggling? Totally. People and- are ticking me off today. Is this, you know, is this on me? Uh, it's just it's just calling it out as this is not normal. Are you OK? And a lot of times that's that's all that's required right. to sort of right. get someone back on the straight and narrow. It works especially well with uh with people who are generally positive and you know and they that's not their their norm if you pounce on it when you see it and be like hey you are right and they'll probably tell you no <laughs> I've got yeah these terribly stressful things and i'm tired and i'm blah 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 but they feel you know they feel seen and they feel cared about um but it's also sort of a subtle message to them of this is not the norm uh in your behavior
1: yeah one of the practices that i worked in the very first practice I worked in the, um, that kind of practice, they almost took it to me uh, now looking back on it, it seems next, next level, um, because I don't see a lot of practices doing it, which was at, you know, part of our morning start every morning was, was huddle. And most hospitals have some sort of rounds or, or huddle stand up so that their team can all get on the same page. But this practice, one of the things was how's everybody doing today? Mm-hmm. Does anybody, does anybody like, is there, anything anybody needs today and there was the freedom and the safety to say I I've got some stuff going on at home I'm having a really hard day can I not be in charge of phones today or can I be the lab person today instead of being in rooms because I just I'm having a hard day and I don't know that I can I don't know that I can be like happy and good with clients right now and it was safe to be able to say that and the team supported it and and it's really so simple, but looking back, I don't, it, it is really, why are more practices not doing that and having that kind of environment? Because it really, really helped us support the culture where it was like, it's not okay to not be our best with clients. It's not okay to bash clients. It's not okay to be negative. And at the same time, to recognize that we're all human and that everybody's going to have that day and everybody's going to have days where they need to not be the first person on the phones or they need to not be the person to have to room the high maintenance, the five high maintenance clients that are on the schedule for the day, yeah. right? Like it gives the freedom and flexibility to say, I can't handle this and give them an opt out in a way that was ingrained in the culture. And I just, I I love that so much. And it's something that I have strived for since to create that kind of environment in my, in my practices where everybody feels safe to, to say what they, what they need, because it's not a bad thing, you know? And then when somebody calls you out like that and says, Hey, I'm worried about you. Like you just snapped at the last three clients. Are you okay? What's going on? You have the safety to say, maybe I'm not okay. Can I take five minutes and have, and know that the the person is going to say, yeah, the building might be on fire, but I'm still going to say yes to you. Go take a break, do what you need to do, you know? Um, and be able to support each other in that way.
0: Brene Brown talks about this uh, way she talks with her husband. And what she says is that they'll have these regular meetings and they'll say, you know, how are you doing? And or or she'll say, what have you got? And what they mean is they have a score of kindness. And so if you come home and you say, you know, look, I'm at I'm at 25 percent. That means you you only have 25 percent. To bring to the relationship today. Like you are running <laughs> on empty. And what that means is the other person goes, you know what? I I gotcha. I <laughs> will make up the other seventy-five percent for you. Like I will cover for you because I see that you're that you you just don't have it. You came home right. after the day, you're beaten sure. up. Sure. I'm at twenty-five percent today. Um and so, okay, cool, I'll cover you. If he comes home and she says, What do you got? And he says, I've got thirty percent, and she says, I also have thirty percent. What that means is they need to they need to be gentle and they need to find like, great, we're going to order pizza for dinner right. And, and, right. You know, and, and just let the kids watch TV tonight. right? And we're going to be OK with that because I know that you don't have it and I know that I don't have it. and But we yeah. know that going in and that, yeah. that when you were talking, talking about how's everybody feeling today, I don't you don't have to do it like Brene does it. Uh, but I think the point she's getting to is the very much the same thing of being open and transparent about this is where I am. Yeah. And then having others adapt and support that. The other thing I think is probably good is if you go around, and you do this exercise. If someone every day says, right. I, d- I yep. don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. Well, yep. the great thing is then it's out in the open and you can talk to that person and say, hey, I'm noticing yeah. that every day you're right. saying you're not doing well. Yep. We need to talk about this, you know? Yep. And yeah, Again, absolutely. if you if you uh, got an employee assistance program like we talk about, that's an easy way to say, hey, you know, we have this resource for you, right? And 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 in a way, that's a, that's one. It's getting them some resources. It's getting them support. And the same way, it's also a way to kind of say, look, we've got resources for you, uh, and we were going to support you, but we do need you to get back up to where you are taking tough we're, rooms, and you know, yeah. and uh, and feeling and feeling like you're functioning at a high level.
1: Yeah. Well, or the ability to say, you know, if someone says, I don't know if I can do that, the supportive environment to say, okay, do you need to take some time off? Do you need to take a, a leave? Like what is what does that look like? Because I think for a lot of us it's it's like we go into that fight or flight panic mode as a manager, as practice owner, as a someone running the business of this is an employee who's repeatedly now telling me that they can't do their job, they're they're having a hard time, they're not functioning. I I I need them to be at a eight out of ten at least every day and they're consistently telling me that they're at a five or a six. I want to tell them, I need you to do your job. And we struggle with what do we do when somebody's response is I I don't know if I can do that. Um, It makes it easier to step into that space of these are alternatives. Like, and it's hard in that, especially right now, we're all busy. We're all slammed. The idea of giving somebody time off or having somebody take a leave of absence is overwhelming. But if you can help yourself step back and think about, would you rather have this person take two weeks off and then come back and be an eight out of 10 or higher for your team every day for the next two years or more? Or would you rather them continue to just be frustrated and burn out and leave altogether? Which would you rather have? If I have the perspective and I step back and zoom out for a second as a manager, hell yes, I want them to take two weeks off. I don't care if we have to be short-staffed. I'll figure it out. Mm. I would much rather that and keep the person as, as part of the team, as part of our family in the long run than deal with um, cutting off my nose to my face here, and I think that's something that a lot of us are struggling with right now because this is this is real. Like it's real hard for everybody, and and we are all busy and we are all overwhelmed. And the idea of having you know someone else out is is overwhelming. But I think if I would if I would ask anything of anybody listening to us this week, I would say take a second for yourself from a headspace perspective and zoom out. And you might need to walk away to do it, but like step back and and look at the situation and say, what's really going on here? And also like, what is, what is your role in it? I know for me, like I've done it. I've caught myself where Mm -hmm. I've, you know, they've had a grumpy client or they've had someone who was very naughty and they were like, you need to talk to this person. And I get on the phone with them and I hang up and I'm like, God, they were an asshole. Like that was awful. (laughs) And and (laughs) I've caught myself doing it. And then, and then I look back and I'm like, oh, that's not the way I want to lead. That's not who I am. Like normally I can shake it off, but it, it, the struggle is real, I guess, is, is the point. And um, I think it's important to kind of take a step back and give yourself this perspective. And what I noticed for myself is when I didn't take a second and just remind myself to breathe or go take a five-minute walk after those kind of interactions, I struggled with resetting. And so I think giving our team that grace to say, what do you need? Let me step in for you. Let me let me answer the phones for 10 minutes. Go take a walk. Shake it off. Like, let's come back. Figure out ways to be supportive for them. Because as I think we all know now, sitting in January, when this all started in March last year, this is not going away tomorrow. Yeah. This is this is going to be our reality for a while. And we have to figure out a way to manage that.
0: Part of it's trust, right? And so here here's the deal that we have to make with our staff is... I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you bash clients. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If if you say someone's an A-hole, I'm gonna say no they're not. They're just having a hard time. Right. Um, and I get it. Now, in order for me to be able to say that to my staff and have it received in the way that I intend it. Right. Uh there's another side to this relationship. Yes. I am not gonna let my staff be abused. Yes. And I don't think that you can shut down this type of client bashing stuff. If you're going to let them actually, honestly, be abused by clients, yeah, you know what I mean. Agree. Because <laughs> then it's like, uh, here I am, I'm the tech, I've, I'm getting, you know, called racist names, right? You know what I mean, and yeah. told that I'm stupid and personally attacked, and yeah. then when I say to you that guy's an a hole, and you go no. He's right. just having a bad day. <laughs> like that—that's that's not okay. Like, you know, right. that, That's not okay. So, yeah, uh, right. let, let's let's empathize with with our with our people. Yeah. The deal has got to be: look, no one's going to abuse you yeah. working here. You know, yeah. abuse is different from being difficult or being angry. No one's going to abuse you. And uh, and in those boundaries, we are going to treat everyone with respect. We are going to handle difficult people well. Right. But right. your team has to believe that there is a line that you will not let clients cross with them. Because if they don't believe that, then they really do. They go back to feeling powerless of people can say and do whatever they want and nothing happens to them. And I have to just stomach it. And Again, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a common thing, but I, I mean, we've all heard of or maybe worked in practices where there are people who are abusers. And everyone knows it, and and yeah. the, the management won't fire those people or tell right. them this is not appropriate yeah. or stand up to them. Um, I, I don't think that that's fair to our clients. I do understand clients are, are struggling. At some point, we have to have our own personal boundaries, which are you're not you're not going to treat my staff like that.
1: Yeah. And, totally. and
0: I don't care if you go somewhere else, but you're totally. not going to treat my staff like that. And I feel like if I'm willing to say that to a client, then I can also say to my staff, hey. These people are having a hard time and we're going to be compassionate towards them. But I don't think you can do the latter if you're not willing to do the formal when it's appropriate. Yeah. And the last thing that I would say yeah, is, is, is just for the team and, and the to do, um, I always think this is super cheesy uh, where, you know, there's the research that says the perfect ratio of uh, positive to negative feedback for people is like five to one. You should, you know, people should get five positive pieces of feedback for every one negative piece of feedback. And that seems to be the optimal ratio. Right. Mm -hmm. So think about that. If your text, if your front desk is dealing with a lot of angry people and they're dealing with a lot more negative feedback uh, or a lot more criticism than they have in the past. I think one of the things that we as leaders need to do is recognize that. And we we may have to step up our positive feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, we may have to say, hey, look. These guys are hearing more negativity. They need to hear more positivity on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I may not be able to control the negativity that they're getting from the clients, but I can control the positivity, which means I may have to really go to the mat in my, with my appreciation wrestling moves. And I don't know where that metaphor is going, but um, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I may have to come off the top rope of love with, with my, um, with my thank you elbow and just just, uh, bring the compassionate pain to my staff.
1: Yeah. I think, um, a couple of the things that are tools in my toolbox there that I, that I generally reach for, you know, is it can go beyond just us stepping up the positivity. Although I think that's a very important piece of it. I do think (laughs) that it's important for us to give them positive feedback and, and praise and, and make them feel valued and appreciated and at the same time when the major for a lot of them when the majority of the struggle is with clients i think focusing the positivity backward from the clients helps a lot and goes a lot to, in my experience goes a lot further than me telling them they're doing a great job or doing something positive getting the feedback directly from a from a client ne- negates the negative from a client in a way that my positivity can't. And so I love reaching for ways to give them the positive feedback from the clients. And we get positive feedback from clients every day, we get Comments on our visit surveys. We get Facebook comments. We get, you know, when we post when we post pictures to our social media, and clients are like, "I love you guys. You're the best." Your team may see that because it may be on your Facebook page, but they may not be looking at social media right now because it's a toxic cesspool, or <laughs> they're having a bad day, or they're doing a, you know, a New Year's. I'm not going to be on social media or on my phone. Bring it to them. Bring the find the good and bring it to them. So we have a. Um, we use slack to communicate in the hospital we have a wins channel and we share and post good things that come whether it's a review or feedback from facebook or whatever if it's appropriate like if it comes from social media i screenshot it so they can see who said it and and what they said and and see that the other thing that i love to do is sometimes you don't you don't get things without asking so i go and ask the clients one of my favorite things to do, if and it's harder because we don't have clients coming in the lobby, but set up a mechanism to ask them, what did you catch our staff doing that was good? You know, so you, can, you can very easily, so at my very first practice, we had a little fishbowl that sat in our lobby with these cute little cards, and clients would wander around while they were waiting for their appointment, and they would see the cards, and they just said, caught you doing something good, and it said, you know, if you catch a member of our staff doing something you appreciate, please share with us, and they would have a great visit, and they would write on the card. Just because they're not in the building doesn't mean you can't invite them to give you that kind of feedback. You could set that up outside in the parking lot while they're standing outside the door waiting to hand off their pet. If you really wanna get germ-free, which I totally get, and you don't want them touching pens or anything like that, ask them on social media, post a cute picture and say, hey, we you know, we love our clients and we appreciate you. Our team works so hard and we would love for them to hear you know, your favorite part about, interacting with them at the clinic, ask them for the feedback and then share it with the team, because mm-hmm. that goes such a long way in terms of booing their, their spirits and making them feel better. And then the other thing that um, was top of mind for me, and it was top of mind because it's the holiday season and we were focused on it, but being of service and doing something nice for someone else when you feel crummy is a really easy way to break yourself out of that. And so focusing on saying thank you and appreciating the good clients and these are the ones that bring you the cookies and you know can see how hard your team is working we have a client and I I love her so much and that she's one of the people I'm gonna miss the most about uh from a client perspective with our practice she was like I see how hard you guys are working I'm gonna bring you lunch and showed up with pizza for the whole team take those clients and do something nice for them get it. It doesn't have to be big, grand, showy gesture, get a handwritten card and have everybody sign it and say, thank you. Send, send them a coffee card, send them flowers, get the team involved in doing something nice and positive and happy for the clients. It's amazing how focusing on someone else and being of service to them can be a mood changer for the entire team in a very fast way.
0: Yeah. no, oh, I love it. I think that's a great point. All right. Awesome.
1: Great. Dev. Well, that's what I got for today. You got anything else? No, I love it. This was was a good one. Awesome, guys. Take care. We'll see you later on. Have a great week, guys.
0: Guys, that's our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope it was a fun time. Listen, if you did uh, any of those things please, please, please consider taking a moment and writing an honest review for us on Apple, iTunes, um, platform. It is how people find the show. It means a lot to us. Uh, it really is a big, big deal. And so that's the only ask. And we just, we just hope that you share the show with other people who can benefit from it. Anyway, you guys take care, be well. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.